guys were like, odds are Addie will come back and launch into something. I was literally taking a picture of the moon. So. <laughs> I love you. How's she doing? I, I mean, literally beautiful. It's like very like kind of almost orangey yellow and shining bright <laughs> through my bathroom window. So that's how I am. Cool. I love it. We had, we had the full moon. So that was, uh, it was beautiful. Beautiful full moon. Was it Saturday night? Was it when we were driving? It was full. It was Saturday night that was the full moon, yeah. Yeah, that's when we were driving home. After, love that. Back from Massachusetts after the trip to Miami, which was... Man, I need to go to Miami for both NASCAR and F1, really. Like, I need to see what Miami is like with both of those crowds at some point. Like, I went to the F1 Miami race last year. It was incredible. It's so different than Austin because it's like a scene. Uh, it was really fun. It was really, really fun. I highly recommend that it. That sounds so fun. It's that really like stupid expensive because it's Miami. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 So we didn't get. I mean, but so is Austin, though, really. Like, Austin has also gotten outrageously uh, expensive, though. I, well, I think I got like a special pre sale this past year for next, for this coming year. But for Miami, like, we did grandstands just because it was so hot. We knew it would be yeah. really hot. And we were like, we're going to want to have somewhere to sit. Um, and for th- the cheapest three day grandstands was $900, you guys. That is <laughs> yes. silly money. And my sister, it was her birthday, and she's like, this is all I want is to go to this. And I was like, okay. So, like, I, I mean, I was down there for work, and she drove down, and I used points for our hotels. Like, we did everything as cheaply as we could because it's just so much money. Because um, right, you're dropping a grand to get in yes, the door. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I mean, we had the best time. Like, because Miami, Miami is great. It gets a bad rap. I love Miami. I, I genuinely love Miami. Um, anyways, I, yeah, it's I, a fun scene. I love for Miami. Here, here's my I thing with Miami, fun. right? I, I, I grew up going to Miami a lot because my family's from Florida. We had family in Miami when I was a kid. Um, Miami is just Vegas with a beach, which is the is. biggest thing yes. that Vegas is missing in the first place. Yes. And I love Vegas too. So yes, that's probably why I love no, Miami. I, it, it's, yeah. it's, uh, more beach, less gambling, which is mm-hmm, ideal mm-hmm. for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I also think that, like my sister was saying, because we went to Austin in 2022. That was the first race we ever went to. Um, and Austin is like, like real fan. Like everyone who goes, I shouldn't say everyone, but like it feels like actual motorheads, you know, people who are pretty serious about the sport, blah, 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 whatever. Miami, right. there's some of that, but it is for sure a scene. And my little sister was like, this is really fun because like it's fashion. And she's like, that's actually kind of fun. Like, there's people who are here that are kind of dressed up, you know, even in the heat, whatever. Um, I don't know. We had a great time. It was, it's a very different scene. I think they're both great. Miami is really expensive, though, I would say. It's for sure really expensive. We allowed ourselves one drink each per day because the drinks legitimately were like $22 each. Oh, my God. And it was so hot that you didn't want anything else, but like $22. Right. Yeah. They're good, though. Uh, yeah, our, we each got like a frozen drink each time. I think I got a d- different drink. Mm-hmm. Like for, I had like a frozen mango margarita or something. It was really good. And then like, anyways, everything we got was good. But yeah, it was 
just so expensive so so expensive uh do you know what i learned this week i'm going to the spanish grand prix this year which i'm super excited about they do not serve alcohol at that track yeah which again it's probably gonna be so hot that i'm not gonna care but like yeah. it's the Spaniards. Like, what are we doing? It's Barcelona. Yeah, it does feel it, right. Like, really? Yeah. Like, how far is Ibiza or whatever they call it? Like, <laughs> right. come on, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. No, no drinking. All of the party drugs you want. Just no, no drinking. drinking. <laughs> and again, it's during the day and it's hot, so I'm sure you're not going to want that much. But like, I sometimes just no, yeah, want like a probably, little. Probably. Probably feeling like absolute ass yeah. if you had more than a drink. It's yes. sangria in that situation. I think would be the uh, yeah yeah no. Ideal. See, my pro- I love sangria, but I can't do sangria in the heat because I'm gonna get a wine headache anyway. Yeah, so if I'm already overheated. Dumping red wine and sugar on that is mm-hmm. like the last thing mm-hmm. I need to do. Mm-hmm. As much as it in the moment, it is the perfect drink. Mm-hmm. An hour later, I'm like, I've made every poor life choice possible. Well, Maybe an hour later, do, like, a rose sangria. Five seconds. So who gives a damn? true <laughs> true i did have a rose, a rose like tropical fruit sangria when i was in bali last summer that was perfect like mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. sitting sitting next to the pool looking out onto the indian ocean mm-hmm. with rose sangria it was like i have reached my final form this is all i want to do for mm-hmm. the rest of my life <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds um, literally so beautiful it yeah, was perfect amazing like it was one of the areas of what on the trip when we didn't really like leave the resort a lot because it was in sort of a weird spot where there's not really much of anything unless you want uh, like dive shops or whatever. It's a big um, like dive trip sort of hub. But so there's not really a whole lot like there. Otherwise, it's like you're going to go there and you're going to get on a boat is really like the plan. <laughs> Love that as a plan. Speaking of boats, go. oh let let's let's dive right in. Speaking, Speaking of, boats, of boats, well, let me let me be the first to wish you a happy race week, everyone. Rossi, <laughs> it's Rossi. Oh, God, oh, uh, I mean, this time next week we're have going to have had a full weekend of Formula One racing. I can hardly imagine how different we'll be, how much our lives will have changed. <laughs> we will we will be exactly the same, only possibly mildly sadder, depending on how embarrassing Ferrari is. <laughs> I feel like our lives have already changed in the last two weeks just by living and dying with the craziest start to a NASCAR season that you've ever seen. And I've got I've got this. Now that I think we've officially started the show, the show's I guess we have started the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we started at some point here. I'll have to go back and figure out when the show started. Perfectamente juntos. Ahora no les beneficia estar juntos. Bandera Blanca Partner Blaney ha hecho lo que tiene que hacer, eh. No hay nada que reclamarle. Ahora viene Sindrick por la parte de arriba. Te dejo con las últimas dos curvas que narres la victoria de Daniel. 
no les beneficia estar juntos. Ahora, lo que necesita Blaney es un súper empuje. Kyle Busch está tratando de meterse. Están haciendo el tree wide. El espacio es muy reducido. Daniel. ¿Quién va a salir mejor? ¿Quién va a salir mejor pisado? Puede ser Daniel. Daniel. Puede ser Kyle Busch. Venimos pegados. ¿Quién se la va a llevar? Este es un momento. Daniel. ¿Quién? Es un fotofinish. Parece que es de Daniel. Daniel Podría Suárez. ser para todo México, para toda América Latina, partner. Daniel Suárez se la acaba de llevar milimétrica. Ahora les platicamos, son tres milésimas de segundo. Thank you to NASCAR for posting the Fox Sports Latin America call of the end of the race. I mean, that was to get that, thing I ever saw. To get that pure, whoa, ho, ho, ho. like that, that is a sign of the damnedest thing. It's so true. I have My, to just. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just have to fully admit. It was my boyfriend's birthday this weekend, and I thought I had better things to do than watch a NASCAR race. And I was even home. We were home between our adventures and our dinner, and I was like, oh, that NASCAR race is happening. And I thought, you know what? I'll play Skyrim instead. And then I turned on my phone – like I like looked at my phone again, and I was like, why did I think that I should – Like, why did I assume it would be anything less amazing than what I experienced last week? And I now feel like I could never miss another NASCAR race again. And I, I, of course, went and watched highlights and lost my mind. I feel my like favorite I, part. Yeah. Good. I think. No, I feel um, like I don't know how to sell you on the sport any better than that. And at the same time, right. boy, are you going to be let down in the middle of the season? It feels a little bit like all of the people who got into Formula One. I was just everyone say watched this. Drive to Survive. Yeah, during during what you know, there's no other TV to watch, so people were like, "Sure, I'll just yep. watch." And then yeah, and then they show up for the 2021 Formula One season and get the most batshit mm -hmm. competition the entire year. And then every year since, it's been like, "Oh, so okay, we're gonna watch Max win by five seconds on everything." Like. <laughs> I need to share how I became a Ferrari fan. I watched a little bit at the end of season, this 2021 season. That was when I started Drive to Survive. And I didn't watch, I watched the Austin race. I didn't watch uh, Abu Dhabi live, but I watched it later on, you know, whatever. Um, I started watching faithfully. I missed the first few races of, first couple of races of 2022. But when Ferrari had the hot start um, and Charles oh. was winning races, Oh. And I was already kind of sold on, on them because of oh. Drive to Survive and like that story. And then you guys, God. I went to Italy that summer because I turned 40 and that was my thing I want to do. And I wanted to watch a race with the Italians, which is the most wonderful thing in the world. And you fall madly in love. And then it's like, oh gosh. Anyways, sorry. Just need to share. Yeah. It's been that is, pain. That's like the pain, pain. The single best and worst time yep. to become yep. a Ferrari fan. Like, also, what, I, what a beautiful time we had. It was halcyon days to, of, like, yes! a month and a half in yes. <laughs> spring of 2022. I do need to share that um, I went to London last summer, and um, I went the week before Silverstone. I'm mad at myself for not going to figuring it out and figuring out how to go to Silverstone, but it was a whole thing. Anyways, the week before was – I can't even remember what race. I was like, I'm going to go to a pub and watch this with – other f1 fans so i went to a pub 
And I want to share that, like, when I did this in Italy, like, there were multiple locations that were watching, like, multiple people, like, in- invested. I went to, kid you not, six different pubs to try to find one where I could watch F1. And they were all watching rugby. No, not rugby. They were watching cricket. It was cricket. And I asked at all six locations if I could have one TV on the Formula One race. And there was not, until the sixth one, a place that was willing to give me one TV. And then How? the English guy said something to me. He's like, hey, I was watching the cricket match. And I said, well, there's eight other TVs with that on. Do you mind if I have just this one? And he backed down. He's like, oh, you came in just to watch this? And I was like, yeah, I did. So oh my I just want to say the Italians, we've picked the right team. They are very faithful to their team. And the English, too many other sports going on. Way too many. No, yeah, they don't, well, they don't actually care. Because they, they don't, don't have a team is the thing, though. Like, Mercedes is fucking German. this year. <laughs> Wait, what? Say that again, Addy? That was Silverstone this year, or last uh, year, no, I guess, last the, season. It was the race before Silverstone, because the weekend oh, that okay. I got there, yeah. And then the weekend okay. after was Silverstone, and I tried to figure that out, but it was it was too much, because I didn't originally plan my trip around it, and I wish I had, but it's fine. Neither here nor there. You live and learn. Well, I was going to say, it's funny, because during Silverstone, I was having a thing where I was like, literally, they need to get the Brits out of F1. Like, every single British person is literally being so annoying. Like, I can't even deal. They were like, it was like the British announcers just like trying to manifest like a British podium in the most bonkers way. And I was just becoming... Literally, I think maybe that was the moment I didn't know that I was a NASCAR fan yet, and I was ready <laughs> in my heart <laughs> I, for America's Motorsport. I fought a war to not have to <laughs> pretend that we're really that happy for Lando Norris to lead a lap. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be real, right? There's a reason, as Americans, we have acquired uh, the team that is the least English possible. Basically every other team short of Alpine has some like sizable English presence one way or the other. I mean, Ferrari is like, 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 off you limey bastards. <laughs> Alpine has the uber Frenchness and the um, American Canadian Ryan Reynolds, uh, Rob McElhinney connection. So I, yep. I, I should be more into Alpine, but I will say I felt that uh, two episodes of Drive to Survive devoted to them was one too many. Dude, uh, one would have oh, been. I, fine. I would have watched ten. Are you kidding me? I would have watched an entire season that was just okay. Yes, that. I, I will survive. <laughs> I did not need. I I wanted, you know. I I got pumped up when I saw that it was the Alfa Romeo, um, you know, pit crew in in the opening of that episode. Figure we would get a, a Terry Bodas show, but we did not. And I guess that, that is emblematic of what his season was last year. We are into this year, and I should say at this point of the show, several minutes in, uh, that this is the Casual Diehard Podcast. I'm Jesse from the internet. <laughs> I produce this thing. I don't so much host any of them. Um, I appear on all of the podcasts that we do here right now, but that'll change. 
And I just try to listen to Britt and Addie and Katie talk about uh, the Vroom Vrooms, and I also enjoy the Vroom Vrooms very much. And and I ask um, what we thought of our of our beloved Ross Chastain and the day that he had uh, going a lap down after a speed and penalty coming all the way back and being in the picture at the end, dude. Insane picture at the end. I'm sorry, but you could literally translate that into a Charles Leclerc race. Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, no, that there were there were big Char- Ferrari vibes. That is a Charles Leclerc ass race right there. Um, Insane penalty, uh, like bonkers, yeah. stupid penalty, like get like shooting yourself in the foot, managing to almost pull off a miracle, and like. <laughs> Like, you, like, can't help but, like, just be, like, exhausted by the end. Yeah, it was – every stage was bonkers. Like, it was just the ideal – like, everyone wrecked, but no one crashed out, basically. So they were just, like – it's what a 400-mile race of cars should be. And I say that having driven down 95 – from Massachusetts back to New York over the weekend, uh, feeling all the way like, ooh, there, there's a hole. Um, I am not a racer, so I am, I am not going to go for that one. And there are people out there on 95 who are racers and will go for that hole. And yeah, and that Atlanta race was so great, so much ducking and diving, so much freaking good racing. I'm, I'm sad to hear that it's only because like the track is like a toddler of a track and as it ages it (laughs) should get worse but who cares perfect storm that was awesome can i ask a question and i need to watch as i learned today drive to the waffle house which is the nascar version (laughs) i need to watch so i can get invested um okay i was thinking about one of the things we're going to talk about the like the reality shows we don't have to jump into this yet but the reality shows about sports um one of the beautiful things for me about Drive to Survive, prior to that, college football was my only sport that I followed and lived and breathed and, like, you know, just absolutely devoured. Drive to – or, excuse me, Formula One has become my second sport. Um, and I think part of the reason – like, I watched it, was very entertained. But part of the reason it was so easy for me to get so invested is there are literally 20, 20 drivers and 10 teams. That is yep. so easy – to like, if you follow them all on Instagram, not even Twitter, if you, if you mm-hmm. weren't even on Twitter, you can absorb so much of this. And I follow both because I'm psychotic. Um, but how many drivers, I know you guys talked to Elizabeth Blackstock a little bit about this, but I've never really invested in NASCAR. I've been to the Firecracker, the summer race a few times. How many drivers are there? Does it always stay the same? And I know y'all talked to Elizabeth. I just don't remember. There's... Not the same amount of drivers in every way. Okay. But there's like 33 or 34 regulars. They're they're working on, and this is something that's interesting, like if you want to get into um, like the NASCAR backroom stuff, there's charters is how the team ownership goes, but they're not lifetime. They're not permanent. And the teams are seeking to make them permanent. And just the entire way the ownership structure has like fit into NASCAR has changed a lot um, in a short amount of time. Um, And like they're kind of getting into something that 
cannot remember. It was, it was, it might've been Dale Jr.'s podcast where he was talking about how Michael Jordan getting into stock car racing ownership changed a lot of things because he was like, uh, this is not how it is in other sports. And why are you guys doing it this way? Um, so the, the landscape is changing in NASCAR and in, and it's interesting because they're they're another couple of years away, probably from a new car. I think because um, they are also you know having to pretend to be about the environment in some ways, um, but they're also you know the the top team is claiming that they're losing money every year, so who knows? So hey, welcome to every other sport, essentially. Yeah. Welcome to every other sport. <laughs> I I will say though that as as someone who had. Up until very recently, only had a very casual interest in NASCAR. It is a very manageable number of teams and drivers that are, it is. are okay. really worth yeah. paying attention to. Like okay. yes. it's one of those where there are tech, you know, there there are more than you need to be aware of fundamentally. Okay. Like if okay. you want to have a sense of what's going on and who's really competitive in any given moment. Yeah, it's, I it's, would a, say that- it's a manageable number to sort of wrap your head around. Each manufacturer, there's three manufacturers. There's Toyota, Ford, and Chevy. And each of those has two, maybe three teams that are worth paying attention to. Like Toyota has Joe Gibbs in 2311. Uh, Chevy has Hendrick Trackhouse and Richard Childress. And Ford has uh, Penske, RFK, and Stuart Haas. Okay. That's, that's doable because i was thinking about like full swing is really fun and i enjoy full swing i actually really enjoyed it but like there are so many golfers golf seems like a full-time yes. undertaking to me and i've yeah and i've I think- watched like the masters and like a few like i watched watch it i think it's exciting on sunday but that seems like so much to get invested into me like just so much Golf, if you actually want to follow golf, yeah, I couldn't do it because it mm-hmm. could be any one yeah, of like 50 too many people. people that mm-hmm. win any week. NASCAR, it's really 10, 15 guys that can win in any given week. And then at Daytona and Talladega, anyone can win. Well, I I do think it's interesting because – we have this huge glut of reality sports, motorsports, specifically television right now, which is such a thrill to have both. I wish that the NASCAR drive to Waffle House, it's called Full Speed. Let me just be clear. It has a real it name. Was, that yeah, drive to Waffle House is so it much better. So good. It was yeah. so good. I wish it, but, yeah. and I wish it were longer. Like I wish that. Yeah. I wish that, like, so I felt when I watched the first season of Drive to Survive that I really came away with a pretty good understanding of the fullness of F1. Like, I felt like I had some passing understanding of who all the main contenders were, some familiarity with basically every single driver, certainly by season two when Ferrari and Mercedes realized they weren't too cool to be a part of it. I definitely, it's not shocking that those two teams were the two that didn't participate in season one. No, not, no, shocking, not no. shocking at all. And 
That is so gross and elitist of Mercedes and so chic and beautiful of Ferrari to have station. <laughs> Um, but I, I felt like I got a pretty good understanding through the NASCAR one of the NASCAR playoffs and the playoff system, the playoff races, but I still feel like I, I don't really have a great sense of NASCAR. Like they talk about the spotters and I, but I don't feel like I ever really like saw spotter work or like totally understood like how that interaction functions or like I wanted to know more about NASCAR. And I love that I think Drive to Survive does a good job, particularly in the early seasons of like really showing you the fullness of a way that a team functions over the course of an episode. Mm-hmm. I also <coughs> – have to say on a more specific note that I said a couple weeks ago that Denny Hamlin was Fernando Alonso and I realized I was wrong. I realized who Denny Hamlin actually is after finishing Drive to Waffle House and starting season six of Drive to Survive. Mm -hmm. Denny Hamlin is Christian Horner. Ooh. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, brutal but true. Yeah, I know. I think that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so sure of himself without really having done it all. You know, what does Christian Warner do? (laughs) What does he do here? What is it you do here? I mean, um, harass female employees, allegedly. Well, I mean, and sorry, no disrespect to Denny Hamlin, who certainly – No, full disrespect to Denny. Comment, but like I don't (laughs) feel like that's that disrespectful of a comparison either. No. And – but but the thing that really stuck out to me is they both play a very, very similar role in Drive to Survive. They are – the team owner who will say the thing that nobody else will say and they'll like sit in front of the camera and be like, yeah, if I could push Bubba and have Bubba actually get in over my actual teammate that I race with, I would. And he says it with his full chest on his podcast. And that's something that I quite liked and respected about Denny Hamlin and (laughs) – and absolutely insane that it's just like, yeah, so he gets to race and he gets to own a team. We were talking about this last week and it's just like, how is that not a conflict of interest? Everyone in NASCAR seems to be like, it is, but we don't mind in the exact same way that the Red Bull AlphaTauri episode of Drive to Survive is very much like, Christian is like, AlphaTauri exists for us to have a test of our drivers that we want at Red yes. Bull. No, it, that was wild like, to me. Like, Christian full mask off. Christian is Why running both those loud? teams. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least the drivers for both those teams. Well, yeah. And look, that's been painfully obvious to anybody with eyes. That's been but, so but, but the fact that he came out and said it, mm-hmm. and which is like, yeah, no, they're our junior team. It was like, oh, we're not even pretending that this is anything mm-hmm. other than this now. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like. I mean, there's a reason that Pierre is saying, I know that I will never win anything without the tarot. <laughs> Nobody will. Right. Right. Because you would get get promoted to Red Bull. 
If hey. Yuki won a race, Yuki would get Checo's job, like, immediately. Like, I genuinely believe that. I will say, I, but it really was, like, it was that comment, and it was just that, I was like, okay, do we all just acknowledge that, like, that's an unbelievable disadvantage or an unbelievable like disadvantage to every single other team that they don't get to have a B team that they run in Formula One. Like as it's so obvious in that episode, like Nick DeVries doesn't understand how to adjust to a Formula One car. And that means that anyone else's rookies, I mean, it's just insane. And everyone's like, yep, yeah, anyway, it's fine. Like, And that, and that right. was the moment I was like, Oh my God, Denny is Christian. Yeah, and the the overall vibe of just like, yeah, con- <laughs> not confidently wrong, but just uh, step like baseless confidence. <laughs> just your wholehearted Denny is Christian. He'd love to hear that. He would love to hear that. Denny is, Denny is Christian. <laughs> Denny's a good Christian man, I'm sure. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I, I mean, it I is. Found... You go, Jesse. You go. I, I, I found I want to take this with with Denny that I found a stark contrast this weekend between his version of Heldom, uh, where he's kind of aware that he's been cast as a heel, but he still thinks that he's a good guy as compared to Kyle Bush saying, sitting there going, I'm running out of friends. I didn't really have any to begin with. Like it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I love that I think my, Kyle is I think aware my, of who he is and yeah. all that he has done to put himself in this position. It's wonderful. I think I think what I texted the group chat was uh, Kyle Bush discovers the power of friendship, <laughs> and she was talking about the fact that he actually did get a little bit of help right at the end of that race. Um, and- you know, that's something I have noticed. By the way, that it? the power of friendship seems so important in NASCAR. Well, like, yeah, I just feel like there's a very so practical much- level. <laughs> Wait, there's so much slingshotting going on in a way that's like so rare in Formula One. But it's like it seems like in NASCAR, it really is the friends you make along the way. Uh, I mean, there was one instance of that this season in Drive in um not Drive to Survive in F one the F one season when Carlos. Oh, of course, and- <laughs> it's a purpose. Which, which Addy, I'm sad to tell you, they don't really talk about that at all. In that they Ferrari, don't. in the what Singapore episode. And it makes me kind of mad. No. Yeah, it made me kind of mad. Yeah. No, that's actually really fucked up because that's the most iconic thing that happened all season. There was also just generally oh, no, very they, little McLaren. They talked about Carlos winning, but they didn't talk about Carlos and Lando, like, forming a little alliance. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, they, like, they talk about Singapore and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that particular moment of their power of friendship was so important. And it was mm-hmm. so everyone was so like flabbergasted by it, you know? And of course we have a lot of like team orders type shit that we see in Formula <clears throat> One. But it genuinely seems like in NASCAR, like in Drive to Waffle House, they're very much like, Yeah, I think I'll slingshot him for the win. Like it's like they're like very like it's like every single week it seems like there's an opportunity. <laughs> Of friendship is that fair? Is the power of friendship more important so, in NASCAR? Let me yeah. let me ask you this: Is okay? So in Formula One, you get money based on constructors. Like you get 
different amounts of money at different levels. Is mm-hmm. that the same in NASCAR based on where you finish as a driver or as a team? Is it set up to, to like, I guess what I'm saying is, is it set up so that it's not as cutthroat maybe? I don't know. Oh, it, it is. It, it is. Okay. Still, okay. I don't think it's money, about money the, based on standings. Yeah. I don't think it's about being less cutthroat. I think it's about the fact that you can very directly help somebody in a, just a strategically very different way. Mm. Like, like Carlos and Lando yeah. is a little bit of a rare occurrence. Like there's not very many yeah, of it's those very instances rare, yeah. in Formula One. Whereas yeah. NASCAR, that's like, there's a lot of that happening. Like they are so bunched together. There's lots of pushing and shoving and drafts and all sorts of other shit that like, there's, there's way more also- opportunity for you to sort of play your hand to be like, hey, I'm cl- like, th- I'm not going to win this, but I can help this guy who I have were we aren't for the same constructor or we are teammates or whatever the relationship is. And like, okay, kind of, and now they owe me one. Like it's there, there's a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Like opportunity. Ooh, the currency of friendship. I love that. Better still, there's all the more opportunity (laughs) for incredible enemies. Uh, oh yeah oh yeah uh, right that's what Ross i was Chastain gonna say punched Noah Gragson in the face last year and then we learned more about Noah Gragson and uh good for ross punching that dude <laughs> in the face happy he did well i think that's the thing that i'm really enjoying about nascar is it's like well okay so to kind of go back to this conversation about drive to survive and what really makes drive to survive work mm-hmm. i totally agree katie a huge I think that like Drive to Survive triggered this slew of sports documentaries that are clearly trying to recreate the power of Drive to Survive. And people people tend to like them, but it certainly does not seem like any of them have like created the fervor that Drive to Survive did about Formula One in the way that it like brought new people into the sport who like are extremely diehard about it. And I think a big part of why it works is because there's 20 of them. Like I think that Mm -hmm. Formula One particularly is built to make a great reality show. There's Mm -hmm. 20 boys. There's 20 hot singles on (laughs) any magical island you can imagine around the entire world wearing – like the most beautiful clothes, driving the most beautiful cars, and saying the most absolutely insane shit on open public radio while they go 200 miles an hour. Like something – it's not just that Drive to Survive is a well-made show. It's that like Formula One is so perfectly calibrated to be a reality show. NASCAR feels less calibrated for being a reality show and yet more reality show-esque in its like pure essence. Like watching a race and then seeing their interviews one after another is more of a soap opera than any given episode of Drive to Survive because they seri- – the, the power, you're so right, Jesse, of the enemies, they so openly hate each other. It's amazing. <laughs> I got the feeling from Drive to the Waffle House that it was sort of a test balloon, right? It was a show, it was a, only six episodes. It was very focused on the playoff. Like it didn't really try and follow the whole season. It introduced like a very limited number of characters. 
And I really did get the sense that they were like, they didn't, they, I feel like they didn't have buy-in from everybody. And it was like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to prove to you that they're, mm-hmm. that'll, it'll be popular and that you won't totally hate us being in your face to do it. Um, and so I, my hope is that like, if they do another series, that it will be longer and bring in more people and be a little bit more, have a little bit more depth to it. Because I think you're absolutely right that um, it is inherently so reality TV-esque. Like it already is that, that you it shouldn't take a whole lot to like make compelling television out of that. But I also think that you're right that like Formula One is uniquely perfect for that, right? Because you've got a bunch of young, attractive men who are either single or they're like dating a model that they're going to stop dating and date another one who looks just like her in two days. Um, and don't talk about Charlotte Leclerc like that. <laughs> yeah, not no, like all of his girlfriends. I figured that was Carlos Slander. It, look, it could be oh, any wait, she of She looks different. Them. She looks different, yeah. yeah she yeah. does look different, actually. But yeah, no, it, it literally could be almost any of them. Um, but it's that, and then they're all, you know, rocking up to the podium after the race. They're putting on a Rolex as they get out of the car. Mm-hmm. And like... Yeah. Um, or you know, whatever, whoever their sponsor is, it's not all Rolex, but like they're putting on some, you know, uh, watch that's worth my annual salary as they get out I of the do. car and then they're driving away in a Lambo or whatever. Like, Remember when Carlos chased down and got his watch back yes. from the guy who tried to yes. rob him after Singapore? Oh from the yes. mugger? This guy's such a freak. <laughs> Um, he really is. I okay. So two things about Formula One. I've thought about this. Like, I think some of the popularity is the fact that we've never been exposed to it, and it seems so much more exclusive, totally. exotic, and like so much more chic than NASCAR. One hundred percent. Even me, who's been to NASCAR races before I ever went to Formula One races, like that did not get me into NASCAR. Like, <laughs> I, I I've been to the no. firecracker. What I don't, is it called? The Pepsi? I don't know what it's called now. We always call it the Firecracker 400 in the summer race. Yeah, it's still Firecracker. Yeah, um, I've been to it twice. Even though it's in August. Yeah, it's so hot. Well, it's uh, it's in July. It's July fourth. That's like the weekend no, before. They, they moved it. Oh, they moved it. Okay, it's not on. It's haven't on been in, in a long time. Clearly, um, I have been to that, and it's fine. Um, and I. Don't it's have, fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's honestly, honestly, it's fun. It's actually a scene. It's really fun. I shouldn't say that. It was actually really fun. I would go again. That did not get me to watch NASCAR races. Um, and I have known about the NASCAR show for probably, a, a, I guess, probably since it came out. When did it come out? Like a month ago? Maybe? Yeah, maybe a little more. Yeah. Longer than that, but not, not a ton. It might. Yeah. I've known it about it. this year, though. And still haven't watched it. And... I will say I did have several people in 2021 who were like, Katie, you have got to watch Drive to Survive. You would love it. And I finally did. And then I was like, absolutely addicted, of course. Um, I think because so many of us have been exposed to NASCAR already, we have a preconceived notion of what it is. Whereas with Formula Mm -hmm. One, we didn't have as much of that. And so I just, there's something about that. Like, it's very exotic and chic to us. Um, Because like, 
I've had people say to me, like, about Formula One, they're like, oh, it's European NASCAR. And I'm like, absolutely, it's not. <laughs> it very much is. Oh, it very much is. Yes, mean, yes. That's a funny thing. It very much is. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But there is absolutely like, oh, but it has an accent. Like, that's all it yeah. is, yeah. right? It's, it's just, totally. just yeah. a fast car with a funny accent. That's all it is. But yeah. I do think that there's something to the to the fact that I think if you're totally casual and you just like turn on a race on television, there is something aesthetically about Formula One and the style of track and stuff that I think is probably more interesting just like with no context mm-hmm. like if you mm-hmm. just flip the channel and turn a race on i think i can see how formula one might get your attention a little bit more sort of immediately than nascar because nascar so much of it is a bunch of dudes driving in a roundish shape very close together and unless you're kind of paying more attention you it's very easy to kind of miss what's really going on. And if you're not watching for the right moment when somebody makes a move that's totally nuts and like it changes the whole race or whatever, then yeah, you're like, why am I watching dudes driving in circles? I was talking to my best friend while I was laying in bed watching the Atlanta race on Sunday. And I was like, here's the thing. I'm like, it's like baseball. And then I'm going to lay here on a Sunday afternoon for four hours. And there's going to be... 30 second to two minute long moments of intrigue. And then it's this, the action is going to lull a little bit and I'm going to go back to like (laughs) looking at my phone or kind of half listening. And then shit's going to get all crazy again. And it's just like, it has a very baseball esque sort of cadence to it. That's so true. I, I haven't really thought about that, but that feels so right. It really is. And for me, like what I found last summer, especially as the Mets were non-compelling, was (laughs) I could just on a Sunday afternoon, okay, it's the third inning, they're getting clobbered. And I, you know, flip back and forth anyway, but like that kind of became the hum of Sunday afternoon for most of the summer for me. Right. Um, In in a way that it hadn't been before. And it, it it drew me in and by the playoffs I was I was totally, you know, wired and into it and reliving that through Drive to Waffle House full speed was uh was delightful. And and shout out to Dale Jr. who is like America's foremost storyteller now. Dude, like, literally shout amazing. out to Dale Jr. I didn't yeah. also realize that he produced it. Yeah. No, he's incredible. He's amazing. So here's what I will say, Britt. I think that your point is really interesting. Like Formula One, we as as we've talked so many times, there does Formula One does not feel like baseball at all. It it no. is it, that is a completely different energetic experience. Whereas I totally see why NASCAR has like a similar energetic signature. Even getting so fi- I finished full speed. Drive to Waffle House, I went back to – I'm watching Drive to Survive slowly. I can feel myself on the verge of tipping into a binge. But I have to say something no one ever tells you about writing a book is it really cuts in on TV time and it's really (laughs) – it's really painful. I'm behind – I love TV so much and I am really behind right now and it's hurting me. Um, And I'm also behind on my book somehow. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Anyway, um, So 
switching to Drive to Survive, I was like, it's not just the aesthetic of the track and, you know, this beautiful squiggly circle in like a beautiful international locale, though that is certainly some of it. There is something really thrilling about the single-seater cars. Mm -hmm. Just the like actual setup of the Formula One car has such a different scary feeling Mm -hmm. to me than NASCAR. And Formula One, this is I would say at this point my foremost complaint about NASCAR. Rolling starts don't tickle me in the way (laughs) that like beep, 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 like lights out and away we go. And even just like hearing that and Drive to Survive and like seeing those cars mm-hmm. go from, like go full fucking send. I mean, it's it's genuinely so, like I was like, man, it is, NASCAR is scratching a motorsports itch, but it really is not, it could never replace. But like the freaky joy of those bonkers they look my my i remember my friend saw her first clip like her first i was like okay if you're in love with Charles leclerc like you got to start watching him drive a little bit babe and this was before this new season came out and the first clip i showed her was charles overtaking checo on that last lap of vegas, vegas? she goes oh, oh my god she goes, so oh bad. my god they literally look like mario kart <laughs> Kind of feeling that again. I was like feeling that again, like watching Drive to Survive. I was like, they literally just like, it's like IRL Mario Kart sometimes. Like, it's so funny. I I remember some of these, like, (gasps) Like racing seasons too. Just amazing. Um, The the second Alpine episode, they show, or maybe it was the first, I can't remember. Anyways, they show the Australia Grand Prix, and I forgot what a fever dream that was. It was so much fun with like the restart. And then they show, mm-hmm. like, them taking each other out. Well, I don't remember who ran into it, whatever. So, like, I forgot. You're right. There is something really great about those standing starts. And, like, they're just piled up and just, it's chaos. Like, lap one is Ugh. so much fun. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's so fun. And The and Mexican it's Grand Prix so... when Checo, like, what the hell oh was God. he doing? Oh, my God. When Checo Reliving went out on that. the first lap. Yes. Like, what oh was he my doing? God. Anyways, it's, yeah. It's so fun. It's and so I, I, I think, you know, we were talking last week about how they're they're just different sports. Like, yes, it's the European NASCAR, and also it is, it's a yeah. completely different energetic like mm-hmm. viewing experience. Like they they do not really how long seem to have NASCAR, that same rhythm. How long are NASCAR was, races? They're longer, right? Yeah, no, they're like four oh yeah, hours. they're like four hours. Yeah, I cannot do takes that. forever. Got to drive. No, miles. you guys, this is, this is why I'm saying they're very up one race it is, is like very baseball. It's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. See, this, this is why I, this is why I low key hate it though, right? It's bad for me. It's bad for my blood pressure because it is a sustained hour and a half of me being either anxious or pissed off. It's yeah. so it's too much anxiety. It's too much. And it's at like six a.m. Right. It's not good for me. NASCAR, I, I turn on at like yeah. noon. I, I have to pay attention until something interesting happens. It's just, yeah. it is, like I said, it's it, just, it is, it's comforting in a way that it's just very sort of baseball-esque and that I can just like have it on and enjoy this experience and not spend the entire time like, 
<laughs> is F1 not college uh, uh, European NASCAR and not European <laughs> college football? Because I can see the case for it being European college football, but I think it falls apart. But European college game day. It's on ESPN. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. It's at a different weird place each week with weird fans. Uh, <laughs> odd celebrities show up. This falls apart for me with like the fact that Pat McAfee's involved. <laughs> I hate... I, I, I need I need I need Crofty to get some hats is what I'm hearing. Can you I, imagine? I need the league no, the, the grid walk le- is Corso picking. The Oh my god. Like literally. My sister, like I got her into this and it's the one sport she's into, and it's so much fun that she's like, I love that she's into it. The first time, like, she got into the sport and hadn't even seen the grid walk. And the first time she watched it, she was like, how did I not know? Like, she's like, this is so amazing. Because it's so chaotic. That man is just walking so like, oh, y'all, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for like, oh, God, yeah, yeah. Him to be in Miami and like Austin again when he doesn't know like any of the American celebs. It's incredible. It's so good. Like the athletes. Oh, my gosh. The the quietly funniest part on that note of uh, of Drive to Survive is Christian shaking hands with God. I don't even remember who it was. Some YouTuber or somebody. Somebody I have no idea who the hell it was. Mm-hmm. And and he like stops and like hey and like has a chat with, like talks to Christian for a second. Christian's like yeah no great blah blah blah. blah, blah. And whoever was with Christian, I think it was one of the other rebel guys, is like, who was that? And Christian's like, I don't know, some fucking douchebag. <laughs> I forget. He actually, he's like, I don't know, some video game, something, or whoever it was. Um, Can we talk really quickly was, about... It was oh, so ahead, relatable. Yes. <laughs> it was just so relatable. It's like, yeah, because as it's like moments before, I'm like, who the fuck is this person? And then yeah. Christian basically says the same thing. Like, I don't know, some fucking guy. <laughs> uh. Can we talk about Zach Brown referring to basically all of the other team principals as like, did he say dickheads? I think he said yes, dickheads. Yes, he said dickheads. They said, <laughs> what do you sure do? Did. They said, what? They said, what do you do in the off season? And he's like, blah, 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 like mostly nothing. And he's like, uh-huh. and then he's he's basically like, yeah, it's just nice to not have to be around so many dickheads like I am during the season. And then it's like the smash cut to the Drive to Survive like theme, I think, from that. And I, I was just, like, yeah. wow. Art. I think he thinks that he's Christian Horner, but he's not nearly as likable as Christian Horner. Like, he's just not likable. And Christian Horner is not likable. So... <laughs> he spends every moment that he's on the screen giving me the ick. The ick is – I got to say the ick is strong with all the team principles this season for me. I mean the ick is always yeah. strong, but it's like I used to be able to at least root for Christian in the way that it's like, you know, you root for Denny Hamlin. At least mm-hmm. I do a little bit for the chaos. And yeah, – uh, No. I mean technically McLaren's principle is Andrea Stella, who, who I think is actually – seems pretty normal. But he chooses not to be on camera, or Zach says, I'm going to be over you. Who knows? Or a combo of the two. Who knows? Um, yeah, no, I I like James Vowles, but I might be in the minority on that. 
I I get the no. I like James him. Miles. I do too. I, I have to say, so I get the ick. He has he has it's, big it's, like your favorite English or history professor vibes to me, which I enjoy, has, but is very much a your mileage may vary. Okay, for me, he gives it's me that, Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, he gives me Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> But more importantly, slash worse, he gives me I'm trying to be Toto Wolf, and I have mm. the ultimate ick for Toto Wolf. And it's just like a it's like a generational ick with them. I can't I can't do it. I do not have the ick for Francis, sir, I have to say. I same no, I love. Addy, I'm just gonna say I've never felt older in my life than Toto oh, wow. and James Vowles being generational. Because Toto is an old man. James Vowles is my age. <laughs> well, I just mean that Vowles came from Mercedes. Mercedes and yeah. I feel like he so obviously, like, thinks he's the next Toto. And so I just am like, like, it's just like, it's, 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 it's like a, I have, I, if that's his goal, it's an, it's, it's ick all the way down for me. It just doesn't work for me. I- Found him to be very kind, and I don't know if I get that vibe from Toto. I think Toto is much more calculated. Maybe I don't know, but that's just like vibes. I I I can't like say it exactly. I I think overall I find James to be very kind. Also, and I don't disagree with Otmar being let go because it seemed like he did not have a grasp on that team. But Otmar also at the same time seems too kind for this sport and too like pure for this sport. Mm, And I no was yeah was loving him. Otmar is a snake in the grass. I I, I had that zero. Oh, okay. the the whole The whole fucking uh, Oscar Piastri debacle was yeah yeah yeah. It is enough for me to not trust any of Otmar's. I don't know what's going on. Shtick. No, he's well, and I he, he's the team principal version of the guy who claims you got friend zoned. Like he's that right, guy. right. That's a great description. And I had the ick. I was like that. that yeah, literally no. the first shot to him when they're like, "How did Ashton Martin get so fast?" And he's like, "They hired a bunch of Aronite ambassists from Red Bull. We should try that." I was like, "Stop! Like you're so yeah. embarrassing." Like it. No, actually, you should have, Otmar. You did not have a handle on what was going on. Right, I'm like, ick. Yeah. Ick. I mean, so Christian's out, Toto's out, James Alves is out, Otmar's literally out. Um, Gunther out, um, although I don't really have the ick for him. It's just like, sorry, it's not his fault that the car sucks. Um, and I, I do, I do feel that Fred Visser is one of the last ones left standing that I'm Iclis from. And I don't, I simply don't know how long that can last. <laughs> Who is the Aston Martin team principal? Yeah, I mean, Aston Martin is a non Who's never, non-entity. Never yeah, yeah, it's always Lawrence Stroll. They never, yeah. Yeah, and down. Lawrence, obviously, major ick. <laughs> Extreme ick. Yeah, ew. So what I, I I do have to say just to leave the Jerry of this operation. The wait, what did you say? The Jerry Jones of this whole. Uh, oh oh yeah. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. totally. So I mean, ultimately, 
I I have to just note several things. I, we need a longer drive to survive conversation once I've finished it entirely. But um, let me first briefly say, as I texted you guys, Oscar Piastri, <laughs> Oscar Piastri showing up late <laughs> for the mm-hmm. McLaren meeting. <laughs> In his little backpack. <laughs> in his winter mm-hmm. coat and mm-hmm. his little backpack. Standing outside of the McLaren oh headquarters. Like, outside the glass. Oh. I, I like don't know if I could love him more. I, He's perfect. He's perfect. <laughs> I'm like literally weeping. I love him so much. Honestly, my biggest like, complaint about Drive to Survive is there was insufficient Oscar. There needs to be more Oscar. I completely agree. But I don't feel like Oscar's going to lobby for more time because he's just like, I just want to drive. No, he's not. He's absolutely not going to. No, and I think that they probably just did not know what a thing he was going to be. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think that they they will have very quickly learned their lesson, and. I think that there is going to be a good bit of Oscar Piastri, whether Oscar Piastri wants it or not, in the next season. In fact, at least I hope they, at least I hope there will be. And then they, it just is topped off by the McLaren employee being like, he's like, he goes, and this is one of those moments where it's like, you know, that Oscar is secretly a psycho. He goes, is Lando here yet? <laughs> and the McLaren employee goes, um, yes, and he he did remark that he be you. <laughs> <laughs> because of course he did. Because of course because he did. Because of course he did. Which leads me to the other most literally, I mean, I, they blew their load in episode one with that <laughs> Lando moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Incredible. If, if they blew their load... <laughs> or was that episode one? That was literally episode mm-hmm. one. It was literally that was episode like, one. Oh, I was like God. 25 minutes in. I mean, it's just, uh. I literally love Lando so much. Like, mm-hmm. I know that he and he sucks so deeply. Clearly, I know that everyone hates him. <laughs> but I think he's the funniest fucking person on planet earth and obviously as we've discussed many times he's the perfect foil for oscar and that moment when lance stroll shows up which by the way it's actually insane that lance stroll drove that race yes. with two broken wrists like that feels like child abuse absolutely. <laughs> that was absolutely insane um but he shows up in lando on camera mike right over his head immediately can you wank yet? <laughs> He's just unhinged. Uh, this is the thing with Lando. It's so though. good. He drives me crazy because he's the most annoying human on the planet. But I don't hate him because he's so absolutely like clear about who and what he is. Like he does not expect you to not think he's fucking annoying. He's like your little brother. He's going to be so absolutely obnoxious. But that is on purpose. And he is 100% aware of that. And he's fine with it. Uh 
Uh-huh. Well, that's why I hated George at first because I felt like George didn't have that like added layer of awareness and like he like tries to pre- – like I felt like George is so goddamn fucking annoying but he like acts like he's posh and it makes it worse for me. Like mm-hmm. I – like the like pretending that he's not the psychopath he really is was the thing I yeah. really hated about George for so long. I, and as soon as George had a flash of being like a funny actual human with a little bit of awareness about his like own persona, that's when I was like, actually, I like George. Like it's funny. It was funny as soon as – it was funny as soon as George was like in on the memes of himself. I right. I feel like – okay, I love Lando. I will never not love Lando and I don't find him annoying and I think it's just because like – it's just good like social media and good television like it's just funny it's just really funny george drives me up a wall because he's always politicking and i'm like can you for two seconds please stop whether it's like to like him on social media or like to get what he wants during the race i just like anyways yeah um i there are moments i do find like here right he's in on the joke but like he drives me crazy Okay, I literally never thought I would be in this position, but I'm going to tell you why you should change your mind and you should oh, love wow. George. Okay. Because I, I stood in your shoes on this very podcast and I said, I fucking hate George Russell. And then in the noted Singapore race in question, mm-hmm. when George went into a wall, wall yeah. and made that like and he really brought something to that race like George in the hunt and not being able to like actually pull it off and sending himself into a wall and essentially slingshotting Lewis Hamilton into a podium is the funniest thing of all time and it added such a valuable and important layer to that race and our grid would be sadder and less exciting and less of a soap opera without George. He is oh, no, such an important there. character. Yes. That's all that I think really matters. And that, and but as soon as I was like, I respect him, it was it was just such a quick slippery slope to being like, George is I love him. Like George is funny. And I love that he's constantly politicking. And I love the moment that the real George comes out and you see that he's yeah, insane. That's true. that's true. He is insane. Yes, yes. I yes, I don't I want him in the sport. He drives me crazy, but you're right. Like when you see the real George, you're like, oh, you're batshit. You're just batshit. It's true. It's true. I need him to lose though. I don't want him to win. I will say at this point, it would be super fucking funny if George won a race this year. How funny would that be? No. Uh, you know, do what you know would... what's I know where Brit's going with this and I'm gonna Yeah, yeah go. The the, the perfect content would be George winning a race and Lando not winning a race. No, Oscar winning a race before Lando wins a race. We are going to see that man turn into a villain, a real villain. I I 100% will think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to be a fucking shit show, and it's going to be amazing. Yep. Literally Lando's Joker origin story. We had a glimpse of it last year when when Oscar won that sprint. Yep. Yep. Oh my god. And Lando was like (laughs) Just that was enough for Lando Lando to like Lando was like I'll I'll never be talented enough. I'll never be happy. (laughs) Daddy's never gonna love me enough. (laughs) I literally love when he's drama. I love when he's drama. The thing about 
The thing also about George winning a race is can you imagine the insane things that George would do during his celebration? He would like cry. He would mm-hmm. definitely produce like five memes, like just yes. walking to the podium. <laughs> like that like the content it's of be George the, uh, winning the cringiest. It would win. be the cringiest yes. thing yes. on planet yes. Earth. The yeah. radios. Can you imagine the radios of him being like Oh my oh, god? We've won, boys! (laughs) I mean, I just... I want it so bad. Like, I never thought I would be in his place, but, like, I really want a George win in 2024. I think it would be the funniest thing that ever happened. Yeah, I I can see that. Only topped by if Lando is on the podium when it happens. Oh, jeez. And immediately shatters his trophy. Just oh my like god, it would, be so it would be so good. It would be so good. So I need to like bring it's us so messy. I need to it's so messy. It's so true. I need to bring us all the way back around to the boats that oh, I yes. never finished <laughs> talking about an hour ago. Which is for me at this moment, there is one ultra elite shot of Drive to Survive that I, after two and a half episodes, I I genuinely do not think that this one brief scene can be beat. And this is a scene of Nick DeVries, who sucks, by the way. That is someone who is really, I don't have to feel bad for him anymore, so that's awesome. And um, when he talks shit about Yuki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck that guy. Literally, fuck that guy. I was so upset and literally loved to see him fall. Um, And by the way, he's doing kind of like bad in Formula E last I checked, which is kind of lol of him. Um, Sorry to be so mean. But um, there is in that episode a scene where the world's most hilarious threesome is filmed on a boat. And it is Checo Perez, Nick DeVries, and Adrian Newey. Ali, I'm so glad. I, was, I had to stop because I was laughing. So I'm just so glad you enjoyed this as much as I did. Continue. Sorry. Uh, I mean, oh, God. I, in my memory, I don't think I've ever seen like a more like extended scene with Newey on Drive to Survive. He clearly wants like very little to do with it. Like I could be misremembering, but – I was like, wow, we never see my king, Adrian Newey. And he sits here while Nick DeVries is like, yeah, you got to let the competition come to you. It's, you know, like, uh." and Checo's like, "Uh uh-huh. And Adrian Newey sits there looking absolutely pissed and bored out of his mind by this, like, idiot child yapping at him on a boat. And I was just like... That man, that man is my favorite man in Formula One. That's who I'm really rooting for. Well, I'm not actually because he's ruining our lives. But God, do I love him! And he I was think so good. Yeah. That specific moment uh, <clears throat> is. There were so many moments like that for me where I literally, I just like. It was so unintentionally funny. Like whatever collection of people they had put into one scene, whatever so was happening, that funny. I had to like pause it multiple times because I'm just like, what? It's so funny, and I think that's part of the the appeal of the show and of Formula One, like writ large, is that it's just like it's absurdist theater 
all the way down. Yes. Professional athletes are freaks top to bottom, right? Like you have to be to get to that level in that kind of environment. But they are freaks to just such a unique and extreme degree mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in <laughs> Formula One. Okay. And speaking of freaks to a unique and extreme degree, like Adrian Newey, that man yes. is uh, – he's an insane man. And I I literally was just imagining him like sitting there having to like pretend to care about what Nick DeVries thought and just like imagining him being like, I fucking – built Senna's car. Like, uh, what does this kid have to say to me? <laughs> I'm going to send you guys a picture because I saw this as a meme on Instagram. I'm texting it to the group chat. Um, it was basically the picture of Nick talking to Adrian Newey and then this picture of the girl in the club with a guy yelling in his ear. And I was like, I have never seen any a more perfect oh use my of God. this. I'll find oh, this. I need to repost it. But I just was like, this is exactly the vibe of Nick talking to Adrian Newey and Adrian Newey being like, I, like what are you doing? I, I what are we doing? This is not no. It was ooh, it was cringe. It was cringe. It was so good. It was though. so cringe. It was good so TV. unbelievably funny. It was so unbelievably funny. I think what we what we've learned primarily it. is that this is what happens when you take a bunch of rich European boys and mm-hmm. do not socialize them normally because they're traveling all over Europe driving in their carts. Um, and then just let them be adults and give them lots of money and at no point better socialize them. A hundred percent. On the other well, end of I the mean, spectrum, you have William Byron playing with Legos. Oh my right? God. Oh awesome. my God. That seems oh, God. so funny to me when his girlfriend is like, yeah, when he's playing with his Legos, I just kind of leave him alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that brings me, by the way, to something I did want to say, something I wish that Drive to Survive would take from Drive to Waffle House, which is the wags were way more a part of the full speed story. The girlfriends, the wives, even even like the kids a little bit like I absolutely loved that we got interviews with the with their partners. I loved that, like, we got to see some of like their personalities and like I felt like I wanted we get that with Jerry and we get that with like with Jerry Horner which I mean uh, that's also dark right now but like I feel like we get Susie too but she's in the sport but we don't ever Susie like her as a job (laughs) I like like I want like an I want like a talking head with Kelly PK. Like, is that too much to ask? Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm all day, like, I want her on there. Carmen, so like, yes. yes, Kelly, under yes. no circumstances. I, as, you guys know, I'm a Kelly fan. No, right? But do you really want her to be allowed to talk to people in public? I don't think anyone wants to know what happens if that. Like, I, I have hives on behalf of FIA and Red Bull PR. Just thinking about that. Do you guys? Okay, I, I would love it. I have a question. Something just occurred to me. Do we think that Zach Brown is married? Like, I don't actually know this. So I'm gonna, do you think he is? Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll check. I want to know the woman that's married to him because he gives me he gives me there the biggest is, ick of any of them. There's strong divorced guy energy there, though. Yes. I he's got Jimbo Fisher divorced dad energy. A thousand percent. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher divorced dad energy is exactly what it is. Well, Zach Brown is allegedly married to a woman named Tracy Brown, um, but 
as the wealthypeeps.com website says, insight into their marital or personal lives is limited. Um, you guys know who Fred Visser's partner is, right? Yes. I think. No. Wait, hold on. Do um, I not? Fred oh my God, Visser, Um, is wait, hang on, I have to find her. Wait, who am I? Um. Wait, I think I might have got him mixed up with someone else, actually. Who am I thinking of? One of them is dating a who are, who are you American actress. Of? I don't know. One of them is She's shockingly dating. Dating who? Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Hang on. Everyone just right. pretend while, I didn't say anything. While we were sorting this out, Addie, you, you were so are, right. Are though, you talking about, about Michelle Yao? Being... Yes. Who is she dating? And it's one of the, like, um... An old Formula One driver, I think. And I can't think of his... Uh, is it a driver? He was Michelle on an award show with her. Is, oh, shoot. Has, yeah. Is married to Jean Todt. He's yes. She's married to <gasps> Jean Todt. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Jean Todt. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's disappointing. I thought that um, that I, she was dating Fred Visser. <laughs> I, I would have... I would just figure friends her to shy away from like a celebrity kind of relationship, but who knows how the heart wants what the heart wants. Sorry. I took us down Um, a rabbit hole. I am interested in more of the wags. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Jesse, what were you going to say? The the absolute, like the signature thing for me in the, in the Waffle House is when Ryan Blaney's wife, girlfriend, where, what's their status? I don't care. Fiance. I think that she's fiance. I oh she's fiance because I was gonna say I feel like they called her both. Yeah, they're yeah. Engaged. They just got engaged. When when she goes, be Ryan fucking Blaney. Yes, yes. When she goes, so- she goes. Um, she goes drive safe, drive fast, be safe, and remember you're Ryan fucking Blaney. Yeah. Oh, I, I just have to go on record that 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 show was extremely successful in one regard, if nothing else, in that it had ter- it has turned me into a total Ryan Blaney girl. I can't help it. He just he reminds me of like three dozen of my favorite baseball players and like ten guys I knew living in North Carolina, and it's just <laughs> very charming. Okay, I have to say, I, I didn't want to address it, but I have to address it. There was a moment when he gave me the ick because in the last episode, he was being interviewed and they said, I, I'm pretty sure this was Ryan Blaney. They said, like, what would you do if the team boss was calling and your wife was talking? Would you be, would you, would you like stop listening to your wife and answer the phone? And he goes, I probably wasn't listening, like, listen, listening to her in the first place. And I was very upset by that, and it did give me the ick, yeah. unfortunately. I would take that in um, a different light as somebody who has trouble uh, listening to anybody uh, and just paying attention in general. I think that that could be uh, taken that way, but no, it, it was kind of ick. It was kind of ick, although I do th- I, I I think you're right yeah. that there's such a high strain of ADHD among these race car drivers that I can have maybe slight yeah. compassion. Yeah, uh, Britt, to to take us 
back home and fully around the oval here uh how was <laughs> your experience what did you know, what what was your experience rooting for Ryan Blaney at the finish of that race cuz like I like him I I was kind of digging the idea that Kyle Busch might win and uh sweep the weekend cuz that seemed more fun I, I was like in one of those odd rooting for him for portions of the day sorts of things um it's like I went on and off with him and I didn't ever think Daniel Suarez was going to get there and I'm, I'm sure glad that he did because that's cool and um really changes the dynamic of the season too and and especially for a track house which has my favorite driver in it so cool uh but what was your what was your Ryan Blaney fan experience there I mean it was that's sort of the ideal if you're if whoever you're rooting for is going to not win the race, that's kind of the ideal scenario, right? Like there wasn't any like fuckery at the end. Like it was just straight up really, really tight, cool racing. And I liked Daniel Suarez. So it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, Oh God, I really don't want this guy to win scenario. So like, it was fine. And I think from a points perspective too, like he was, Second in the first stage and third in the second stage. So, like, that is a really good weekend. Like, mm. all told, if you're going to not come out with a win. Like, kind of can't be mad about that. Um, and I also thought that his post-race interview was the cutest shit because he hadn't seen the video of the finish yet. <laughs> and so he's, like, oh, looking... Yeah, mid-interview is awesome. He's like looking over there the reporter's shoulder to like watch it on the monitor and, he's, and just starts like giggling, which um was adorable. And I think that was just fun too, because kind of everybody had that reaction. Like all the everybody that they talked to was very much like that was like the the most fun, like the coolest, wildest end. And like it's just so neat that I got to be there for that. Like the vibes were good. I'll put it that way. How likely do you guys think it is that the vibes are good at the end of the uh, first race on Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning? First of all, weird that it's a Saturday. Vibes already Super off. Super weird. Vibes already off. Totally already weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think the vibes are just going to be like really chaotic this weekend. Like, I just think that they're not going to know what's up with these cars. I think that, like, some weird shit's going to go down. I think qualifying's going to be insane. I think Max Verstappen's probably going to win, but I think it's going to be, like, okay. Uh, I think it's going to be weird vibes. I have a question. Instead of trying to guess who's getting, like, win the race, who do we think is going to come in third? Oh, who's going to come in third? Mm. Podium, but last on the podium. Who's going to come in third? I feel like I have no psychic sense for the season at all right now. I know. That's why it's fun. I mean, no, I it's a better question during the season, but. I have a strong answer. I'm going I think Carlos. Oscar Pia- oh, you think Carlos mm-hmm. third? Mm-hmm. I think Oscar Piastri third. I like that. Well, Which I would I like love to see. I would be filled for Oscar. Uh, we'll have to talk about this at greater length later, but I, oh, I hate to say it. I don't think the vibes are good for Carlos right now. I think the car, the vibes are very bad for Carlos. They're very bad. Which would make it even funnier if he podiums. Yeah, I think it means he's good at the opposite of that a lot, though. I, I, 
I don't know that I trust him at this stage to like channel that energy in a positive way. To like handle it with maturity. I totally agree. Not even about handle it with maturity as much as it is like use it as like a chip on your shoulder in a useful way and not just in a way to make you kind of unhinged. I read Tar like Carlos so different than this. Like I read Carlos as the less emotional of the two. I read Charles to be the more emotional of the two. And that Carlos I... is calculated and just executing. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you're no. right that Charles is more emotional. Uh, emotional, yes. But it's a, like a, but it's like a it manifests differently. I think this this hits Carlos's very specific nerve, though, I think is the issue. He is he gets pissy and he's very competitive. And he feels disrespected. And so I think it's just he is, he is being disrespected. He is being disrespected. <laughs> it's Lewis fucking Hamilton. No, he's not. But whatever. Britt, Brit, I completely agree. I think everyone is talking about Carlos. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna say. I, I I said this on the podcast the day it happened. I said, I don't feel bad for Carlos Sainz because Carlos Sainz is going to be fine. Carlos Sainz is going to be completely fine. He's going to probably get a seat at Mercedes or Red Bull. He's going to be fine. And I feel like there has still – like I am – I be out on those Instagram reels and all of the girlies are like, poor Carlos. No, poor it- Baby, like it she- makes me feel like I'm being gaslit by the entire internet. And I agree. Like- I know I completely agree. Like everyone's like, this is the saddest thing that ever happened to this like, millionaire with connections on. to the Spanish fascist far right in Madrid. Like, come the fuck on. I yeah, I think he's going to be like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just think he's gonna. I actually think. I think, yeah, I think he's going to get third. I don't know. I think he um, is going to have high highs and low lows. I yeah. think he's going to, yeah, I, I think, think he's going to have like, yeah. well, yeah, that's I the I think Ferrari he's going to have a couple, I mean, right, it, that is the Ferrari story. I think he's going to have a couple, like, I think he's going to have some podiums. I think he's going to yeah. have some drives where everyone's like, this is what you get when you let Carlos go. But I'm so with you, Britt. I'm like, here's the thing. All of you are being absolutely delusional, bonkers town, crazy, insane. If you think – can you imagine Ferrari fans if the news came out later that Lewis Hamilton said, hi, please, I would love to come to Ferrari and drive your beautiful, iconic red car. And Ferrari said no. Right. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. The entire, the entire country in Italy would go – like would have to shut down for several days while people riot. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I don't think the disrespect is that he's being pushed out by Lewis Hamilton. It's that he's being pushed out <laughs> and that Charles is the golden boy when Carlos won a goddamn race last year. He and has the right finished. Yeah. I okay, I think that's I don't think he's invalid to feel yeah, jilted in this situation. He, he like can feel however I think, he feels. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> right, he can feel however he feels, and that's valid. Like because ultimately, fine, Charles. But I think acting like the correct answer was to get rid of Charles and not Carlos to keep to get Lewis Hamilton is objectively not correct. And of course, unless you're in Carlos's brain. 
Well, Unless you're in Carlos, say Carlos, Carlos stands Carlos can, like his fans' brains. <laughs> right. Carlos can feel disrespected all he wants. That's valid. I probably would if I was him too. But like the rest of us do get to live in reality. Yeah. And listen, the other thing is, Charles Leclerc is the golden boy. Yeah. He is yeah. the chosen one. He yeah. is our patron saint of Monza Super Speedway. So I just like it's like ultimately I think I think but 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 I agree with you Katie that I think this is going to manifest in some psycho Carlos decisions mm-hmm. over the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. that is going to be really fun. Um, Can you guys imagine if we're recording one week from today and Charles Leclerc has won the first race of the season? Oh God. I'm going to be delusional. Like, literally. Uh, for the rest of the season. I, just, um, probably, I would, like, probably literally throw up out of excitement. Just putting on the cloud makeup once again. Let's let's go. Let's put it on. Let's put it on, baby. <laughs> ready to be heard again. Okay, wait. So I said Carlos. Addy, did you say Oscar? I said Oscar. Okay, Brittany, who's your guest for third? Uh, third. I don't know. I don't know. Like Jesse, do you have one? Um third. Well it could be Lewis. I like Ooh, that. That's uh, a good guess. Or I have major doubts about the Mercedes car, though. That's I my mean, so does right so does Lewis as well. But I'm, I I think at the same time he might do some bonkers shit out of sheer will. <laughs> sure. Max Verstappen third place would be the Jessie, funniest thing the of funniest. all time. Yes, that's actually the thing is, I feel like if Max was in third place, he would be so excited. He would be like, finally, some good fucking racing. <laughs> he was genuinely kind of thrilled when Charles beat him a couple of times early in 2022. Like, he genuinely um, was enjoying himself. <laughs> I well, I love even, this. Even in um, this is the very start of Drive to Survive. So far, I'm like, you know, I'm on the like third episode. The literal only thing that Max Verstappen has been filmed saying in this docu series is him being like, "It fucking sucks how short my holiday break between race seasons <laughs> is." <laughs> yep, he's Pretty gonna much. retire by the time he's like 32. He's gonna be done. And he's just going to go play sim racing and, like, drink gin and tonics and live his great life. And, like, as much as he annoys the shit out of me because of how dominant he is, I love him for that. Love it. I think that they should let him try NASCAR. That'd be so funny. (laughs) He would hate that car, too. He would hate that car. Oh, he would hate it. Christian dropping in just in casual conversation in drive to survive how much they would love Danny Rick and NASCAR, but that he's not ready for it yet. Cause he still wants to be an F one means there's a day when he mm-hmm. is feeling like he's done with F one mm-hmm. and he can go and get in a NASCAR truck mm-hmm. or a NASCAR cup car. I don't care. 
I just want to see it. It'll be awesome. Well, Max Max loves racing NASCAR trucks on his like sim racing. It's like his like most I frequently do remember raced that, type yeah. of car. That's he amazing. loves NASCAR trucks. I mean, it it is unfortunately landing me right back in the place where I think Max Verstappen is really funny, and I, I want him I to. I want him to have as many laughs as possible this season, and that requires him losing a bit. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I love that All Jesse's right. guessing Max for third. So Brittany, do we not have one? I, yeah, no what's land. your pick? Brett? I, don't I don't know. I have no real pick. Lando. Okay. Oscar would probably have been my pick, but in in lieu of him, since somebody already said Oscar. Well, it's so exciting to have this to like you know kind of go into my psychic mind palace and have. Well, I was going to say and have a blank slate for this season, even though all my psychic energy is going to That's not true. I know exactly what's going to happen this season. But to at least have that little bit of haziness around the edges because I can't tell the vibes yet, just thrilling. I cannot wait to get a flavor of the vibes. They're going to be so bad. <laughs> I can't wait to see – how how this week what content f1 social drops on us because they have to live Ugh. up to last year's kindergarten boards jesse mm. you're That's so tough right act to follow and guess what else we're gonna get to see the intro the boy yes. band intro yes. okay. very importantly oh though okay at, we just we need to talk about when Addy is finished Drive to Survive, but uh, the George Pose, we need to revisit that when you Oh, finished. I'm all ready. I'll catch up. But here's the thing. I know all the highly spoken about Drive to Survive moments already because I'm out here on the internet and uh, I, I'd be seeing them. Um, but I, we, we can talk more Drive to Survive. I'll probably watch it the second that we stop recording. <laughs> Let us go watch Drive to Survive. I have to finish it as well. I've got three episodes left. Can't wait. Uh, this show started at some point. It is going to end at some point in the next few minutes. Um, after I ask um, one more thing, which is just who's your pick for champion this season? Of which of which motorsport series? Of Formula One, the season that has yet to begin. Well, I was going to say Ross Chastain, but <laughs> no, I mean, are we all, I'll say Max for third place in the first race, but I, I can't. Yeah. I think he's going to win the whole thing. I don't, I don't think he's going to win every race, but I do think Look, he'll win the whole thing. Uh, I, I will put on my clown makeup and, and be wrong on this one. I think this is it. I think this is the year. Damn it. You think I, this is the year? I think this is Charles's year. You know I what? just have full body chills. I'm, in, I'm like tearing up. Uh, in less than one week, I will be so wrong, probably. But for right now, I, I can be optimistic. I love that. And I think that it's so important that Charles finished uh, P1 at the end of the third day of testing. Exactly. That is a very important day of testing. Uh much like spring training game that I watched on uh, Sunday afternoon, 
the Mets beat the Astros. It was vitally important. All of the players who played in it will have key roles with the Mets this year. <laughs> exactly. Uh, after showing how very good they are. And everything is going to be awesome. I mean, as usual. Awesome forever. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. fucking go Mets, baby. <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this. Uh, go to casualdiehard.com and, and buy something. Support us. I don't really have... Uh, we'll we'll uh, figure out better ways to promote what we're doing than urging you to go to our website after 90 minutes of us <laughs> talking. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'll figure something out. Uh, Katie, Brent, Addy, y'all got anything else on your hearts before F1 season starts? For yeah, I think, uh, All I have to say is, I think this is... I'm sorry, I don't even want to speak this out loud, but there's this like little tiny part of my psychic vibes that thinks that Oscar Piastri might be a fucking world champion this year. Addie, I would, I would lose my fucking mind. I, 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 I would, would be so happy. I can't. It's like an actual, I like an actual tell, child. <laughs> I cannot tell if it is this year or somewhere in the next. It's somewhere in the next three. I can feel it, but I. It's so. It's such a fresh vision that I'm having a hard time sussing out the year. But I. I think that boy can drive a very fast car. And I think he's secretly crazy. Oh, he does. 100%. Lando Norris is going to lose his mind. Win the championship. Going to lose his mind. What did you say, Jesse? Can a McLaren win a championship? That's what I I mean. Yeah. Can a Ferrari? (laughs) Can any car. Can any car not built by my whoop, my king Adrian Newey win a championship? I think Ferrari's the best bet for it. But I don't disagree that Oscar's gonna do it in the next couple years. He, whatever, he might be good enough to do it this year. In a McLaren. I mean, Who Oscar knows? And Ferrari in 2026 when Lewis is done. Oh my god. Yeah, god. Hangs it up because the person who can build a better car than Adrian Newey is um, all of the people in Marinello, a team. <laughs> okay, family. here's here's the vi- the vision has suddenly the vision has suddenly come to me so vividly. It's actually Charles this year in the Ferrari, Lewis next year mm-hmm. in the Ferrari, Oscar the year after that yes! in the Ferrari. <laughs> Putting on my clown makeup. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. And with oh. that, let's go Mets, baby. <laughs> let's go Mets. <laughs> <laughs>